Hey, I'm Michael Dorinda. And I'm Jake Bennett. And welcome to episode 151 of the North Meet South Web podcast. We did it. Okay, so we are trying this where we're uploading or we're playing the track, the intro track live as we're recording here. So we'll see if it comes out right this time. Last time it wasn't perfect, but you know, it's it's less editing, right? I mean, because you don't have to yeah. combine the tracks, all that good stuff. Plus we get the uh, video recording. So that's good. That's yes, good. I think the only the only podcast that I am actively editing now is Laravel News. Mm-hmm. And that requires editing because, you know, we futz around a lot. It's just like... We futz around and we sometimes yeah. say things and get lost. And then we go, hang on, let's mm-hmm. figure out what mm-hmm. we actually need to say. And then just put the, the bit that makes us sound intelligent in the recording. Yes, Whereas it's so this nice. podcast and the other one that I'm doing now Ripples. with Greg Skirman, Ripples, uh, is just, we record. Although we had some technical difficulties doing that one with Stephen Reese Carter last week where his internet was being super flaky and so his internet kept dropping out and so we were talking to him and then he disappeared from the recording and then we had to like skip what we said to him and then I was like just pretend that we Greg and I spoke so you know peeking behind the curtain nice. here a little bit but um, there you yeah, go. That's, it's you know certainly much easier than having to sort of edit everything and align the tracks and and things like that so it is indeed. Yeah. So tell me about Ripples. Like, so what's the main differentiator for you? What's the, uh, what's the, so podcast number three, what's the, mm-hmm. what's the main differentiator for you between, uh, between the different ones? Yeah. So, I mean, this one, we kind of talk about work stuff, right? And, and technical sure. stuff mm-hmm. that we're working on. Yep, Ripples yep. is kind of on the back of you. AU, where I introduced yeah. this. I mean, I didn't introduce the concept of ripples. The ripple effect is like a long-standing thing, but it was kind of tying together, I guess, my story, my journey leading up to Laracon AU. It was recapping everything that had happened, you know, since the last Laracon AU because of COVID. It was tying in Aaron Francis's message about putting yourself out there and trying things and, and all of that kind of stuff. And so... Greg is living that at the moment, doing some consulting. So he's the director of technology at IC Plant here in Australia. And so he he's doing, on the back of his talk at Laracon AU last year, a lot of uh, coaching and mentoring and things like that around, you know, team leadership and being being part of a team and, and all of that kind of stuff for, for developers from the point of view of a um, you know, a technical leader. So not anything around the technical, but it's like, how do I, um, you know, deal with certain situations in work? How do I deal with, um, you know, being a member of a team? How do I, you know, do this kind of stuff? How do and and how do I be a member of a high performing team? So he's doing that coaching, and and so his ripple story is kind of the journey of you know from putting himself out there at Laracon AU, now having you know people reaching out to him on the back of seeing that talk, being at that talk to, to have that, that mentoring one-on-one with him. Uh, so that, that's his position. And then so it's a little bit also of, of less technical and more of the people side of things, which you know, sure. I've dipped in and out of over the years. But you know, him as a, as a leader of, of, of software engineers is really big on that. And then we kind of want to then bring in different members of the Laravel community who have lived that that rippling so they've put themselves out there um 
I want to get Aaron on at some stage. I want to talk to, um, you know, Nuno and people like that that have like started by putting themselves out there and at some point down the track, the good unexpected things that, that Aaron spoke about at Laracon US last year have happened to them. You know, you don't know when or why or, or what is going to happen unless you put yourself out there and you, you know, you wait for that to come around. Luke Downing is a good example, you know, just yeah, quietly absolutely. chipping away. No and now, yeah. yeah, now he's working at Laracast. He's, he's speaking at Laracon, like all those kinds of people that have kind of just put themselves out there. There's so many of them in the community. Caleb, Daniel, um, Aaron, you know, came out of nowhere. All of, all of those kinds of people. So that's kind of where we want to get it to, more of an interviewee type thing um, where we kind of talk to people about those things. David Hempel, you know, when he... Indeed, drove down, drove down to Little Rock, and and sort of put, you know, did the the the, the weekend long coding fest to to get the first version of Nova. Like that is another tale of you know being persistent with that. Taylor initially not, you know, didn't get why we would have a CMS, and now Laravel Nova is a huge, um, you know, part of the community. So, you know, all those kinds of things, and not everything is of that grandiose scale of you know laravel nova but everyone so many people in the community have got those kinds of stories joe tannenbaum with his um laravel prompt stuff just archer mm -hmm. herself yeah, indeed. Is, yes. is a huge just archer is a good one you yeah. know from tim mcdonald from being an attendee yeah tim same thing you know all all these people that are in the community james brooks just like being a pest and asking for, you know for a job all of these things um there's there's so many success stories in our community and like we know a lot of the the popular ones, but if you're you're a person who who's got your own success story, you know how Laravel has made you successful, then you know we want to have that conversation as well and see, you know what what it is because the, the amount of times that you see on Twitter people whose lives have been changed, people who have pulled themselves out of you know a, a bad career that they were doing something that they didn't enjoy and now they're programming and and Laravel has kind of enabled that for them to have a, a huge shift in their life in their quality of life in what they can do and how they can provide for their family um you know there's a lot of it out there and it's and it's nice to kind of bring it to light so yeah yeah that's great that, i mean that's I love that. that's the podcast podcast that, that we're doing um we make no um you know we don't pretend like it was our idea it was it's certainly aaron of, of all people is the champion of that in our community so i'm when when he's recovered from his paternity leave and his and his you know rheumatoid arthritis that he may or may not have, then we would love to have him on the show. Um, so when when he's ready, we'll we'll get him on and chat about that. So yeah, that's that's, cool, that's what that's all about. I love it. That's great. Yeah, there certainly is lots of those stories of people who have just found their way to breakthroughs and success uh you know overnight successes that took 10 years or whatever you know that's that's the thing exactly right so everybody's yeah. like how did you get so lucky it's like oh not really it's just a lot of work and so uh but when you find something that you love to do you know the great thing is um it's more of for, for a lot of these people it wasn't so much like a i'm gonna grind and grind and grind and grind and grind until i find success although that is part of it for sure um that is there is definitely a point where you do hit that but you know, a lot of it is born out of a passion for the thing that they're doing too, right? You only can mm -hmm. you can only do that grind for so long before you run out of steam if it's not also something that you enjoy doing at the same time. So it's it's cool. I love it. That's a that's a great idea. Um, yeah, honestly. So 
speaking of that rheumatoid arthritis stuff, dude, I don't know. My hands have been killing me lately. So I've been, uh, you know, I've been doing the new keyboard thing, which helps a lot. My left hand mm-hmm. stopped hurting and now my right hand is hurting. And I'm like, what in the world's going on? So I'm like, Aaron, do I have rheumatoid arthritis? What do I, how do I go by <laughs> diagnosing this? I don't think I do. I don't think I do. It kind of goes on and off. Um, mm-hmm. But my wife got me some like, uh, something like CBD lotion. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. Uh, so, so that actually, that actually worked pretty good. Um, yeah. I mean, so yeah, it's, surprisingly, it's, it's, that, it kinda, that CBD works for, for all kinds of things. Yeah. Yeah. It really does. And so, um, and she was like, Hey, just so you know, she's like, I think it might, you might be able to like test positive for a drug test if you use this. And I'm like, no, she's like, Oh, I don't know. It said something on the box. I'm like, come on. Like my work, you know, does random drug tests. I, it's, you know, very rarely. Um, but then I looked on the box it was like trace amounts of THC. Maybe it's like 0.01%. I'm like, yeah, yeah no, I think I'm fine. I think I'm fine. You'll be okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. I think I'll be all right. I think I'll be all right. So anyway, no, that's right. been that's been helpful. And then I did get a new mouse. Actually, I got like a. Um, I've been using the Magic Mouse, and I was wondering if that wasn't part of it because, like, I pick yeah, up that mouse, like I, I pinch good. it with my thumb, and you've got and big pick, hands, right? Too. Exactly. It's true, yeah. And so, like, that mouse is just really small, and so I was wondering if my right hand was hurting because I was picking that thing up all the time. And so I got like a Logitech, uh, like MX three thousand S or something. I don't know, something like that. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I used it for the first time today. It was pretty good. And the, one of the benefits of it was that at uh, my south office, um, I was using the touchpad. And Wilbur Powery, right. I was talking to Wilbur Powery, and he's like been using a Magic Trackpad for years. And he's like, dude, my wrist, my wrist is destroyed. And he's like in his twenties, right? He's yeah. like, my wrist is just absolutely destroyed. And so I was using that down there because the t- the desktop that I have down there is like bamboo. And so it doesn't, mm-hmm. the the mouse, the magic mouse won't, you, it won't track on that because the DPI isn't high enough. But this yeah. mouse has like 8,000 DPI. So it, you can use it on like clear glass, this thing. It can like, you know what I mean? It's, that mouse will like, it's crazy. And so it has no problem tracking correctly. And plus there's some uh, other fun buttons on it and stuff that you can do. You know, they have like a horizontal scroller. You have like a backwards and forwards button, which mm-hmm. actually in PHP Storm is kind of cool. It acts like what happens if you press like the bracket uh, buttons, which by the way, if you did not know this, um, if you're in PHP Storm and you press like command bracket, it'll take you to your last editing point. It'll jump you to the to your last edit point. So like if you're kind of jumping between methods or something or jump, you know, mm-hmm. you can jump forward and jump backwards using the left bracket, and right bracket. And I use that all the time now. But just sort of instinctually today when I was using that mouse, I pressed the back button and it popped me back like doing a bracket left colon or or sorry uh command left bracket i was like no way that's sweet so anyway just discovering fun little tricks like that yeah yeah it is it is pretty good so uh yeah that's been that's been fun um the other thing i I recognized today actually is i was using raycast and noticed that i was looking for like how do i get into focus mode like you know do not disturb focus mode um Mm -hmm. which i couldn't find a good way to do but i remembered then there was this app called focus app and it's like at heyfocus.com uh co or something like that and i remember that like years and years and years and years ago we had given away licenses for that on north meet south you remember we used to do that we used to like contact yeah. people who sold products and like the, give yeah, away yeah. a couple of them on the show yeah like f bar i still use f bar mm-hmm. every day literally every day do you ever have you used really? f bar in a long time oh every day multiple times a day you yeah like you if, I need the, if i need to if i need to ssh if i need to yeah, 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 all the time. If I need to SSH to one of my servers, though, I just go click F bar, hop down to the server, and press SSH, and then then I'm in. No, no worries. It's pretty sweet. Um, that's mostly what I use it for. Honestly, is for that. I'm sure I could mm-hmm. set up a shortcut to do that, but it's really handy. Really handy to be able to do that. Jump around to those different servers and 
and keeps up to date with all the IP changes in Forge and any new servers that are added that just handles it. And it's really nice. Mm-hmm. It's really nice. So I've been, I mean, you know that I love the command line. So I've been using the, the Forge CLI. And uh, ah, we I, was had, like, no, I haven't used that really. Yeah, well, we, we did the, the whole thing at work where they went through everyone's computers and installed the new, you know, corporate spyware and security stuff for everyone. And um, I, I SSH'd into... A I got to know what the corporate the spyware is. I don't know. There's like Symantec, there's like Defender. Yeah, what is no, it? there's all... It's like CrowdStrike. There's a whole bunch of different tools. Like, they're like, run this thing and it installs like seven or eight different things that I was, you know... But um, yeah, I, had, I, I SSH'd into a Forge server because I was in the office and I'm like, oh, I haven't got my laptop here, but I needed to quickly update an EMV file for something. And IT pings me on Slack like five minutes later. They're like, did you run this command on your computer? I'm like, uh, yeah. <laughs> They're like, I don't like the look of that. I'm like, that's I'm hilarious. It's because the way that the Forge CLI works is it will set up a... Um, I forget what it's called, but in SSH, you can set like a a connection kind of socket. And so if you SSH into a server and then you SSH into that same server again, it will reuse the open connection rather than opening a new connection. And that apparently raised the ire of CrowdStrike because it thought that it could be used as some kind of like reverse backdoor or something. And I'm like, uh, like, it's fine. I own the server. Here is the like here is the source code on GitHub showing you what this is doing, explaining why it's doing it. Like, like, well, we're we gonna have to look at this. That's hilarious. <clears throat> so, um, I love it. Yeah, yep. So all all kinds of fun and games, but um, yeah, yeah. Forge. Yeah, I use the CLI it's not gotten that. that bad yet for us. It's not gotten that bad. I we do have uh, a couple of antivirus things installed that um, you know, that are running, but it's 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 not the end of the world. It's fine. I, I'm more I more don't like it on our actual production servers when we've got like you know corporate spyware as you put it, watching all the resources <laughs> and it's like then you've got three yeah. of them running on there and it's like guys yeah that's right it's like eating up memory and uh, well, CPU they've got, cycles they've got stuff they've got stuff monitoring our AWS account as well. So when Forge sets up a new server, it sets up if you don't tell it to use an existing security group, it will set up a new security group with some like default um access rules so it lets mm. through port 22 port 80 port 443 for everything because you know it's a web server it needs to be able to talk to the internet but everything else is closed by default but it does allow udp connections on port 0 through 65535 and they're like mm, this is raising some flags i'm like i i can remove it like it's fine so it's it's just because that's, it was the it's first actually one pretty that was sweet created. though i mean yeah, I mean that's actually yeah. really good. That's that's great that you guys are that on top of it that they're yeah. watching that stuff and that, that they're, they're getting those alerts. That's pretty it, cool. So. But, the, yeah, but that's I'm really like, good. this is like a development server. It's not, you know, but best practice, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So sure. they're like, please remove that rule. And I said, it's it's not like the server is publicly accessible to the world because a Forge server, right. obviously, with the the number of servers that it has provisioned, the number of eyeballs that it has across it. And the, the kinds of companies that we know about that are using it, let alone the companies that we don't know about that are using it, it's like they're provisioned fairly securely by default. So they've got the firewall IPW or whatever running on the server when it's provisioned, and it is the same thing. So the security group is only allowing port 22, port 443, port 80 on uh, IPv6 and IPv4, and it, the firewall is the same. So it denies by default. So... They were they were actually pretty happy with the way that it was that 
that the server was configured by default, but they said, you know, can yeah. we just like, I said, we're only using this one server because we're using it to spin up review environments. So when we open a pull request, we'll go and set up a new site, set up a database, do all the deployment stuff so that we can review a PR. And then when the PR is closed, it will then go and destroy that site as well and delete the database and all that kind of stuff. So, but it doesn't provision a new know, server. It just provisions a new site on there. It's just, just a, a new site on the like server, staging yeah. server. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So that's really you know, that's interesting. Been a bit of a, a rigmarole to, to get up and running. Ryan Chandler has got this Forge Previewer, which I can put a link mm-hmm. to in the show notes, which, which does most that, yeah. of the work. So it's using, uh, I think it's using the Forge SDK under the hood to just go and like make all these requests. So it'll go and spin all this stuff up and it does, but you know, it's it's no different to setting up CI for the first time where you do it like a million times to get it right. And so I actually triggered the let's encrypt. It's like you cannot provision a certificate for this same same uh, site any more times today. Mm. Try again tomorrow. So ah, it's like, oh, interesting. Guess I'll try that again tomorrow. Um, running into like the only it only allows you to trigger commands, but commands can only run for two minutes. Where our deploy script, because it's like building the back end uh, not building the back end but it's like running migrations and cedars and all of this kind of stuff to get the base application going and then it does all of the javascript stuff so it's doing um the react build it's doing the inertia build like this oh uh, yeah it's going to take that a while are, that are happening yeah. there so it's like timing out and then we've so then we can okay how do we get this to run a recipe because a recipe can run for as long as you like but it doesn't have the context of the site so we have mm-hmm. to put like when right. we deploy the site we need to basically write some files. Like we put the branch name into a file. We put the PR number into a file. We put like a few different bits of information into a file so that we can then go, okay, I'm going to create a recipe on the fly dynamically that will take all of these values and put them into the recipe so that we can run like this recipe, which will run for as long as it needs to run until the process finishes. Um, so there's there's all kinds of like little workarounds that we've got going just to kind of get this stuff working. And it has been an interesting challenge, I will say. Yeah. The other and thing you could do is if there, you wanted to, you could, you could do the uh, GitHub compilation of your assets and then push them up to AirDrop. I do think that's a pretty good option, honestly. That's yeah, worked really the, well I for us. I think this is where we're going to land. Yeah, is because we already do the build. So we, we have all the steps in place. To, to do it so we would build the assets in github actions mm-hmm. it then uploads yep. the table to you know wherever yep. and then we can just slip that back out um but that at the moment happens based on tag name and so obviously for a, a review environment we don't have a tag yet because that's true it's, right. it's still work in progress so we'll we'll find some way around it um but i'll pick that up yeah. again yeah so the the way that the airdrop one works is it will basically say it it looks at its airdrop.php in the config file and then there's a listing of the things that you watch that that are within a scope of like if anything within this changes then basically recalculate a hash Mm -hmm. so what it does is it basically says give me a sha uh, or a md5 of the different items inside of these directories or these different these different um files you know it could be files or directories and then it sort mm-hmm. of mashes them all together into one hash and if that hash matches then it doesn't do anything it means that that's the same right. it was last yeah. time right or mm-hmm. or it'll check the hash to see if it's if its assets exist in a compiled state already in your storage location if they do yeah. it doesn't recompile 
So instead of having like a tag tying those assets to like a tag, it basically just ties almost to like a com- it's it's not even a commit SHA. It's like a list of it's if, a it, if it if it changed, files, right? Yeah, yeah. SHA of the system at the time that the assets were compiled. So it works. It works really good, actually. Um, the only thing that I'm wanting to do on some of these, though, is and we just talked about this the other day, is we're using a lot of minutes up when we're still in a draft state. You know what I mean? Like, it's still in a draft. It's not ready for review yeah, yet. we don't They're run like, any of our tests or anything like that when it's in draft. Yeah, and do you just check to see if is in draft? I think you could say is draft is true. Like, if is draft yeah, is some, true, then... something like that that you can put into the action that basically says, like, only yeah. run this if. Yeah. And so if, yeah. it's, if it's in draft, we basically don't run our tests. We don't run... Yep, don't... Yeah, exactly. Uh, we don't do a build. We don't do something else, and it does. So we'll still All do some stuff. some other checks. Like we'll still do a subset of the checks, um, but not not full test way. And that yeah, that's yeah, because that's time. Like I can't remember the we're last doing that time right now. I saw a, yeah. a minutes email coming through. No, I I don't actually either. It's just um. it annoys me. We would get them like, all the sometimes time. Sitting. Like we used to get them oh, really? all the time. Yeah. Yeah, your maybe your processes take a little bit longer than ours do, and so that's maybe why. Or maybe you guys have more more people actually pushing code and stuff, so um, that's possible. So it's, I think it's just annoying to me more than anything uh, mm-hmm. that it's building when I know that it doesn't matter. Like that build is gonna yeah. not have a, you know whatever. Yeah. Um, Especially if you're doing like a whip commit, making a change. Whoops, had exactly. a typo and then totally. push another whip commit to a got to a draft PR. You don't want to because then you like no, start it's... and then. You that cancels and then it starts again exactly. and, and all of that process so yeah definitely stupid. For, for draft prs we, we don't um don't run it yeah um speaking of ci this was an interesting tip i picked up today you might have seen me post it on twitter uh but i had this this set of tests that were just flaky um if you ran a mm-hmm. single test in that in that class it wouldn't have a problem it would just you know run through that test and no problem but if you ran the entire class of tests i think there was like nine different tests in there like 35 assertions then one of them would randomly fail and it wasn't ever Mm -hmm. you know it was sometimes it wasn't typically the same one it would be like number test number five failed test number eight failed test number seven failed and it was like there was data providers there too and so sometimes it would different oh it was so annoying so annoying yeah and um you'd have to sit there and run it 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 until like the sixth time it would fail. And you just hope that you stopped before you pressed run again. So you could inspect Mm -hmm. what error what was and like, okay, what's the thing that might be happening here? Um, What I ended up doing is I ended up just basically, I was trying to be too specific in some of the tests. And so I think what was happening is there was some leftover data uh, from previous tests that was conflicting with existing, you know what I mean? With new data Mm -hmm. that was getting pushed in. So basically it was, it was, screwing up some of my assertions anyway um what i was trying to do was basically say just run this until it fails that's what i wanted it to do i wanted something to just run until it failed and so mm-hmm. wilbur powery sent me this uh he's like hey do try this and so if i can remember it off the top of my head i think it was you just run this in your in your terminal so it was while php artisan test and then dash dash filter and then you'd pass in the class name of the test that you wanted to do so you're saying Run PHP artisan test and filter it down to this list of the this list of tests. Mm-hmm. So you say while that, and then you say sleep one, and then done. And so it would just keep running them until it failed. So it's like basically as yep. long as it's come back comes back successful, sleep for one, mm-hmm. try again, sleep for one, try again, and then it would just keep doing that until it failed, which was so nice. Um, mm-hmm. And then also there was a little bit of a modification on it, which I did not put in there, which would allow you to see how many times it had ran before it failed. 
but that was so handy when I was trying to get it to fail. Because uh, sometimes you just want, like, sometimes it takes, you know, it doesn't fail except for once every 20 times. But it, when it fails, you, you want to be able to figure out why it failed. Yeah. So um, that was really handy and was super helpful. I did get all those tests uh, fixed up. And so hopefully, it only took like 45 minutes, but it'll never fail again, hopefully. Fingers crossed. Hopefully. <laughs> so yeah, that was really, yes, that was really I, handy. I, I did see that tweet. There are someone else a little while ago tweeted a similar thing. I think it was Paul Redmond, actually, that, that tweeted about it. PHP unit does or used to or has deprecated a, like a dash dash retry flag and ah, test itself. Pest has a retry flag in there as well. So you can say just like run this a hundred times or whatever, um, which nice. you know does the same thing under the hood, probably slightly more efficiently in, in air yep, quotes. Yep, I'm sure. Because I would, I would imagine rather than like booting up the whole framework, running the test, tearing down the framework, sleeping, booting the whole thing, it would like keep the framework you know in in memory as as it does between tests a little bit more efficiently so it'd probably be a bit quicker but yeah the idea is the same keep running this test until it fails and then you can kind of inspect it so glad to hear that you got the yeah. end of it i think flaky tests are the worst kind of things especially the kind that like you know when you when you're writing code and you and you run it like a hundred times as you're writing the code and you're doing the whole red green refactor thing and then you push it the first time you push it to ci and it fails it's like come on man yeah yeah, it's so irritating. I know, especially if it's only failing on um, online. Like if it's only failing like in your in your uh, you know your GitHub yeah. CI or whatever. Oh, right, that's that's the, the most worst when it fails in CI because because you uh, can't easily debug it. Exactly. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. Um, so there actually was two things I wanted to talk about. The first one I wanted to talk about was um, Laracon talk topics. I would love to discuss that with you. But the other one was, oh man, um, I literally just slipped my mind. We'll see if it <laughs> comes back to me. It was specifically about um, some of the CI stuff, but it doesn't matter. We can, we can loop back to it. So, Laracon talk ideas. Yeah, mm-hmm. so, um, you know, we bought all my tickets this morning, which is great. And um, then I was so talking to you guys and I was like, I know that's awesome on day one. So cool. Half of the tickets on day one, which is crazy. Oh yeah. That's incredible. I mean, that's, that's really, really, I'm so excited for Taylor. Like that's gotta be a big relief. You know what I mean? Um, I had Wilbur Powery actually ask, I think he's bought tickets like three times and he's like, hopefully the visa gods smile, smile on me this time Mm. and let me get a visa so I can get to the U S he's been trying to get here for forever. So that'd be really cool if he was able to come. But he was like, do you think I'd be able to like get rid of it if I didn't, if I wasn't able to come? I'm like, absolutely. There's always a waiting list every year. There's a waiting list of people trying to get there who didn't get tickets mm-hmm. or who didn't, you know, to get them in time or whatever. Um, so yeah, absolutely. But I was, I was talking to you guys today about like what would be some interesting uh, topics. So again, I, I'm debating on whether to do it or not just because I know what sort of commitment it is. But also I know that yeah. now that I've done it once, I know kind of what to expect. Um, For sure. And so I'd, I'd be interested in doing it again. So I kind of have one idea where I would be following up my state machines talk with this idea of state charts. Um, however, I think in order to do that effectively, I would probably have to build a library because it's one of those things where, great, I know this thing, um, but you still can't really use it because there's no, there's no implementation of it inside of PHP. There is in other languages. Mm-hmm. There just isn't in PHP. This is the thing that we were looking at like ages ago. I mean, like last year yeah. at some point. Remember, I was sending that mm-hmm. and we were looking at it back and forth. I think it would require building something like that. 
And I also think it would require having that work really well in Livewire, integrate well into Livewire. I think those would be the two things that I would have to make happen in order to be able to say, let me explain state charts and here's why they're valuable. And then ta-da, here's something that you can use to implement them today. Um, I think that's what that would take. So that would be a lot of work, but I think it could be interesting. Um, mm -hmm. the, other in the other one that I was thinking about was using, um, creating, like it's sort of like a gateway pattern. So Adam Wathen talked about this back when he had, um, what was it? Test Driven Laravel, I think was the name mm -hmm. of the course way back when. And he, was, he had Stripe, which was his uh, payment processor, right? And so a lot of us, what we would have done back then is we just use Stripe. And then when we need to be in development mode or local mode, we just use our test tokens, right? Which is great. But there's yeah. sometimes where you don't really want to give those test tokens to somebody either. Um, you know, you don't want every developer on the team to have those test tokens. And so there are just certain areas of the application that they can't really access or can't test out or can't mess with. And so you kind of have to like delegate the workout only the people who you can trust with those specific things and, you know, et cetera. So yeah. instead, what Adam proposed was you have this um, layer in front of that uh, service that is a gateway, right? So you have a contract that you say, uh, here are the methods that you can interact with with this gateway. And then you have a real version of it, right? So you have a Stripe payment gateway, and then you also have a fake payment gateway. And the fake payment gateway essentially just is, gets swapped out in development and in your tests um, and allows you to provide fake responses. Uh, the cool thing about that is even if you don't have the real API implemented yet, if you're the one who's going to be building that other API, you can sort of spike it out and play around with it with this gateway pattern. Um, and I was, again, talking with Wilbur Powers about this today. And he's like, I've worked at a bunch of different development shops. And you guys are the only ones that I've seen use this effectively. And so hmm. um, I think that might be an interesting one to give a talk on. I don't know if I could fill up a whole 30 minutes with it. Um, maybe. Maybe. So yeah, that's the second one. I don't know if I have a third it's an one. interesting one. Um, and like borrowing an Adam Wathen concept mm -hmm. and giving that talk at the same time that he's going to be at that conference mm, that's may ballsy. place undue stress and pressure upon yourself so no, think about that one no, that is a cool guy I would totally give him full credit I mean the cruddy by design shout out in my last talk like you know Adam Wadden's a legend that's super exciting that he's going to be there though that's really fun I don't think that, it sounds like he's not going to give a talk though it sounds more like a he's going to be on a panel yeah, yeah, yeah. Which, Which is cool. interesting. I, like I think it's been idea. a while since they've done the panels. Yeah, you guys did that at AU, but I don't think they've we, done. Yeah, we had a we had a team a panel. I think Europe Europe had a Laravel team panel. I think they're they're a bit of fun to kind of get some audience participation to kind of so that you're not just listening to talks for yeah. two days. If you do straight. it well, if you do it well, it's really good. If you have the right people on the panel and you have the right person leading the discussion, they can be super interesting and really beneficial. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Agreed. And in fact, I was at a conference in January where every, almost every single talk was a panel. So they would have, they would basically have a topic. And so it wasn't just like a, hey, tell us what you know about whatever. It was, it was mm -hmm. directed around this specific thing. It was like, how is AI going to affect this area? Or how are you using chatbots chat effectively to manage this area of your business or blah, 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 right? So it was like very much yeah. centered around a specific thing. But then they basically just said, hey, you guys are the experts. Figure out where you want to go with this and figure out some questions. And then they just left it up to the people who were on the panel to 
you know, pre plan mm-hmm. what they wanted to talk about and where they wanted to go with it. And they were all super interesting. And yeah, like you said, there was a ton of audience participation as well, because uh, at the end of the talk, you'd have people or even in the middle of it, they'd have people raising their hand like, well, what about this particular thing? Or what about that? Yeah. It was really good. Uh, I thought it was super beneficial. So yeah, we, um, we controlled that a little bit for the AU. So there was a bunch of questions that I had put together ahead of the conference that I sent to all of the speakers, uh, to all of the the team, so that they would have some prepared response. Which I think is the best way to do it. Yeah, you got to yeah, you got to give but... them. Yeah, you got to give them something that they can be ready to kind of answer, so that they're not put on the spot. Because the last thing you want is to put people on the spot on a stage in front of people. Um, yeah, and we yeah. kind of did that broadly for all of the Q and A. And that meant also that the Q&A was a little bit moderated in that we, you know, if three or four people ask the same question, you know, we kind of made sure that we only asked that question once. If someone asked or said something that, like, we don't get a lot of that in our community, but you don't want to run the risk of someone saying something daft, daft, um, and, sure. and just like putting the speaker, like, you don't, ultimately, you don't want to put the speaker on the spot. And yeah, so yeah. by... By moderating the questions a little bit and then, you know, saying, okay, these are the two that we're going to ask if you want to, you know, and that way you can have that level of participation. The person knows, like some people are just embarrassed to ask, ask a question as well. And so, you know, it's nice to kind of give those people as well the opportunity to kind of ask something of a speaker without, and then you don't have to worry about you know, getting a microphone around to people so they can be heard, especially, you know, the size of venues, Europe and and us even like where we were with with 300 it gets a bit gnarly to to run a micro microphone around. for sure i think we did for sure i think that worked out really well but yeah i like the panel i like that it breaks things up a little bit hopefully we can get some laravel people to the conference this year i think Dries may be out because oh, he's nice. got a baby oh wait he's out baby Duke, oh gotcha out. yeah yeah he's yeah a, he's got a baby coming later this year um you know babies babies are going around the community at the moment so yeah yeah a couple but, years um, yeah if we can couple get years a few behind the older could... guys yeah it's we i was talking to someone the other day and i'm like dude i'm gonna be 37 this year like i remember when i started work and like the oldest when i this was my first job and the oldest people were like 31 it's like wow you guys are really old but now i'm 36 oh, yeah. going on 37 yep. and it's like yep. and and like sometimes I know, dude. You, you say something and people look at you like I've never even heard of that. It's like, what is happening? <laughs> I've become the the elder statesperson uh, in in the company. It. So I'm older. Yeah. I'm older Embrace than my Embrace the last role, right? Two. Embrace the role. Yeah, I'm older than my last two, like bosses, CEOs. Wow, dang! And, and I that took makes this job. And like, I found out. <laughs> I took this like, job. What and am I, I doing with my life? Like, and I still took, like, so I found out beforehand, I took the job after. I'm like, I got to stop working for people younger than me. This is no good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's funny. I've, I've, uh, dude, I've looked in the mirror a couple times recently and be like, dude, where is that? Where's those? The, my, my, I look, my eyes look so tired. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I don't feel that tired. I just look that tired. Oh, my It's happening. I said it to Ray the other day. Us, I said, right? it's I'm like, getting old. I just, it. I get to like, 4 30 in the afternoon and i'm like i can't do it anymore i gotta i gotta oh, sit i can't hilarious. can't do a thing and then like 
My, I fall in asleep yeah. on the couch. I, 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 I got oh, up dude, I've at been there. 8.55 the other day. I said to her, I'm going to bed. And she looks uh, at me and she looks at the clock and she's like, what do you mean? I said, yeah. I'm tired. Old man Michael. Old man Michael. Six. In my yep. defense, I get up early and I go for a run in the morning. So That's great. Yeah. Keep your youth that way. Yeah. But, um, yeah. Hey, uh, we well. had, uh, this, is, this is off topic, but we had... Um, uh, my son's basketball like award ceremony was yesterday and they mm-hmm. had a dads versus the boys uh, oh, no. game oh dude it was great always risky it great uh it's always risky but you know did you had to, it's so did you dikembe? oh dude it's just hilarious because you know uh, yeah exactly i didn't block anybody i didn't i didn't feel right doing that um and uh but like i'm six three like these kids are all like seventh and eighth graders right so it's like i don't it's just you don't want to be a jerk you know but we did smoke them and man it felt good (laughs) (laughs) uh it's not it's not hard to box out an eighth grader right you know it's just like every rebound any layup you gotta be careful i didn't miss a layup though it's embarrassing oh you you gotta be careful though these these young kids growing up now watching the game like you don't want one of them to pull a chair on you and you end up on your on your yeah. wallet. That's that yeah. would be embarrassing. Yeah. Oh hey, the one other thing I was gonna though. mention because we've been there. We've all been there. Yeah. Oh, oh, exactly. Dude, it was bad. Well, to be fair, I did make a pretty good cut to the basket, but then I just couldn't finish it. So it wasn't like it was like a wide open layup. I made those, but uh, anyway. Um, dude, it's hilarious because Harrison, my son, is going through they're studying Australia right now. Mm-hmm. It's like yes, as you said, you remember my earlier. oldest yeah, yeah. My, Graham was doing this. I remember right? Graham, when you remember Graham, Graham? Was doing it when, when we first yeah yeah. Yeah, when we first started this like six years ago, you know? And he was going through Australia and like he was talking about all koalas or so what Harrison is doing it now. And so he was telling me today, he was like, Daddy, I, I learned all about Australia today. I was like, really? He's like, <laughs> yeah. Uh do you do you talk to a guy in Australia? I'm like every week. I talk to him every week. <laughs> and he's like, really? I'm like, yeah. And he's like so they say good day mate and that means hello friend and i'm like oh really he's like yep yep that's what it means i'm like oh that's cool and then he was telling me about all the animals and Mm -hmm. platypus and how it has fur like a bear and a a mouth like a duck and all the stuff and then he was telling me he said he said i'm gonna start with the most cute and end with the most deadly i was like okay sounds good (laughs) (laughs) so he started with a koala and he ended with a box jellyfish i think and so that was pretty Good funny. For he was telling me, yeah. yeah, he was telling me all about. Yeah, they're ve- they're deadly, venomous, poisonous. I was like, okay, okay, a rockfish or something like that too. I don't mm-hmm. know. He said your foot will turn purple if you step on it. I was like, oh boy. I was like, we should probably not go to Australia. He's like, yeah, I don't know. We should probably. <laughs> <laughs> but it was great. So anyway, he's looking. I told him. I said, if you send Michael a message and say hi to Eli and live, maybe they'll send you a message back uh, from all the way from Australia. So he was yeah. really excited to get your message about the outback that you've never been there. And then we spent 30 minutes on my phone looking at a map and being like, here's where we are. And here's where Michael is. And I zoomed right in on Adelaide. And like, that's where he lives right there. And then we looked at the <laughs> outback. I was like, there's nothing out there, dude. It's just, just sand nothing. and it's little just, scrub. Yeah, just sand. He's like, where are the kangaroos? I was like, I don't know, man. I, I, he, he was looking for kangaroos on the map. I was like, I don't think you're going to find any. <laughs> you're not going to find them there. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that was funny, Excellent. though. All right. All let, right us, well, let us wrap this one up. Uh, buy your tickets to Laracon US because yes, those are on sale and maybe by the time that you hear this they'll be just about sold out which is wild it um, is it buy is. tickets to php tech that you are yes. speaking at we know that mm-hmm. you're speaking at at that one so yep. definitely check that out 
Um, we are very close to Laracon AU announcements. I sent off the signed venue contract on Sunday night. So that's all locked and loaded. Now it's, you know, just the announcement. Uh, I've got our first speaker announcement ready. I've got to put a video together. I, I just, I enjoyed doing the content last year. And I don't know if anyone saw any of it, but I enjoyed doing it. So we're going to do some video again this year. We're finalizing the branding at the moment. Um, organizing some bits and pieces. Got the ho- I don't know if I talked about it here last time, but we've got two, two hotel vendors, companies. I don't know what the word is, but like two hotels and like, eight properties in the city that will be um, offering some discounted accommodation to our lovely attendees. So I'm hoping to kind of get people together, get them some great deals and, and get them to really make the most of the Laracon experience. And I will link in the show notes. Also Luke Downing, I mentioned earlier is on the Laracast team and he overtook the Laracast snippet this week and put out an episode talking about um, why you should attend Laracon. So I'll put a link to that in the show notes, not just AU, but like all of them. It's, it's just, I don't think unless you've been, you understand yeah. just what you get yep. beyond just the talks. So the talks, definitely, yeah. it's all the connections. Definitely listen yep. to that. Yeah, for uh, sure. Yeah, that is, that is it. I've got no more to say at this time. Episode 151, folks. Find show notes for this at northmeetsouth.audio slash 151. Hit us up on your pod... Sorry. Follow us on your podcatcher of choice. Hit us up on Twitter at Michael Dorinda or at Jacob Bennett or North South Audio. Till next time, folks. We'll see you later. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.